so who started the narrative? Who, whose fault is it that everyone's expectations are championship or bust? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching the show on YouTube or wherever you're going to listen to your podcast, this show is free. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation. It's real easy. It's simple. It's free. If you're watching on YouTube, click that red subscribe button. When you see this, the thumbs up, smash it. Everybody loves to smash, right? And I don't want you to miss one episode of Locked On USC five times a week, as well as post-game reaction. Click that bell notification and you're covered. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Back in July 2022, LA Times columnist and provocateur Bill Plaschke. He asked Coach Riley a question about expectations. This was Coach Riley's response. To win championships, we didn't come here to play for second. End quote. Pretty simple. Cut and dry. No ambiguity, right? Following Saturday's loss to Utah, Lincoln Riley wasn't sure how this narrative got started. Quote, we're in the middle of the season. That's a dream world. You're fighting your ass off every single week. We don't come in every single week talking about winning a national championship or going to playoffs. And I don't know where that narrative starts. Coach, I can go back even further than than Bill Plaschke's uh, interview that he had that you did with him. I'm pretty sure this narrative started the day you were, literally, the day you were introduced by your former boss, Mike Bone. Quote, and it was a little more subtle, but we'll, we'll get through this. I'm truly excited to come to USC and join the Trojan family and its new head football coach, um, as its new head football coach, Lincoln Riley said. USC has an unparalleled football tradition and tremendous resources and facilities. And the administration has made the deep commitment to winning. I look forward to honoring that successful tradition and building on it. The pieces are in place for us to build the program back to where it should be and the fans expect it to be. We will work hard to develop a physical football program that is dominant on both sides of the line of scrimmage and has a dynamic, balanced offense and a stout, aggressive defense. End quote. What? Lincoln, did you think no one was listening and willing to believe anything you said the day you showed up? That, that line, the, the pieces are in place for us to build the program back to where it should be and what the fans expect it to be. USC is about championships. You, you started the narrative. Did, I mean, literally, did you think that just a taste of an 11-win season in year one, that, that was going to suffice? Uh, especially going into year two and everyone is just going to be cool with a with the team kind of regressing, you didn't you didn't really set that type of expectation, did you? USC football is really addicting. 
you giving the Trojan family a sample of what 11 wins feels like, that's kind of like giving a crack addict a taste and then saying, hey, be patient. The best is yet to come. Good luck with that one. On both cases, USC football fans, once they've reached or they can they can see that mountaintop, they don't have any patience. You need to get there by hook or crook, whatever it takes. So what are the expectations? And why are you asking for more time now, sort of, uh, after two consecutive losses? Last year, you know, the, the you, you kind of have the team motto that there was no limit to what this team was capable of. You didn't want to put a cap or a limit on them. You didn't think you didn't think that was a fair thing to do. Well, this year we're you know the team is going by the longer we go, the better we get. Well, when is that going to happen? <laughs> because the vibe, it's not happening this year. I'm not feeling it, and I don't think anybody else is either. And I'm sensing you're not either based on your answers after the game Saturday against Utah. Coach and fans, what if I told you, here's a fun fact, maybe a not-so-fun fact, or a, ooh, that's an eyebrow-raising fact. What if I told you that after 22 games at USC, after their first 22 games, Lincoln Riley has a 17-5 and record? What if I told you Clay Helton had the exact same record after his first 22 games? Yeah, true story. Quote, I believe in the young men we have in there. I believe in the staff members that we have in there. I very much believe in how we'll respond and we'll get the chance to define it. That's the beautiful thing about this game. I'm proud of the fight. We know we've got to play better and to play up to our capability. But I still know that there's a lot out there for this team. Even though some count us out, that's okay. There's a lot left for this team. I'm excited for our journey here the rest of the way. There's still a lot left to play for. Um, but I'm not ready to let him play the martyr or play the victim. And I don't think that was the intent, but it kind of came off a, a little bit that way. No one that I know, including this fan and media person, uh, wants to stop believing you, believing in you and in the vision you have for this program. Far from it. I don't think anybody's ready to throw you out with the bathwater just yet. But nobody transferred to USC during the offseason to lose two games. And right now, there's a possibility of at least one more loss out there. The way this team is playing, to the untrained eyes, very distinct possibility. Being proud of your team for fighting hard should be the bare minimum, right? And it really, I don't think it should really be the focus on the team's development. Not not in year two. That's what last year was for. Year two, team development is supposed to be about progress on the field. Specifically on the defensive side of the ball. But now it's creeping up on your side of the ball. So that's not happening. And apparently the team felt the pressure and heard the outside noise. There's another uh, another quote from Lincoln Riley after Saturday's game. Remember, he's the only one who spoke 
uh, the players and assistant coaches. Well, the assistant coaches are never never available after the game. However, players usually are, including the team captains. With that said, quote, you could pretend as a coach that those things don't exist. The pressure, the outside noise. In a perfect world, so, you know, you, let, me let me start over. You can pretend as a coach that those things don't exist. You can kind of duck your head in the sand and, yeah, in a perfect world, so would every single player, staff member, everybody in the program just, just be so hyper-focused that they don't hear noise on the outside or outside expectations or all that. But that's probably not reality either. There's so much out there. The world, these guys, especially these kids, it has changed so much. It really has. And if you let the outside set expectations, you're always being measured up against that. And I think for us as a program, we're finding a little bit here in year two that you kind of take it and zoom out a little bit, not just where we're at right now, but just the evolution of the program. Last year, year one, expectations were kind of all over the place. We come in and probably, by and large, overachieve in a lot of ways. And I think it's fair to say that the team last year probably did overachieve. Year two, this is a different step. Everybody expects you to be good. Everybody expects you that you could have a championship caliber team. And you're constantly trying to live up to those expectations. You can kind of fall away from what puts you there in that position in the first place. And you can't let the disappointment of not playing perfect or when you won by 20 and you didn't win by 40 and all that outside noise that comes with that, it can get to you. And I think at times, fair to say, it's got to this team. I don't think in a negative way, but I think we've had to fight to keep things on our terms. End quote. That was a lot of words. So I'm going to, I guess this is a rhetorical response. Is that in an omission that they're not as focused as they were last year? He continued. There were more words. I think that is so important that that's part of our progression as a program. When you haven't been in this position in a while, it takes time, and it's going to take some scars. It's going to take some tough lessons to learn. These are lessons that we couldn't learn last year like it wasn't like this. It didn't feel like this. This is part of our progression, and it sucks. It kills you. But this program will be better for it because for the first time in a while, there are going to be championship expectations here, and those aren't going anywhere. Um, yes, it was like this, Coach. It was very much like us at the end of last season and in the bowl game. Also, look, there was a little bit of a finger pointing there at the end, at the end of his uh, quote. No matter what kind of coaching job his predecessors did at USC, their, those teams, their teams, they had championship expectations too. So I'm sorry, Coach. That's part of the uh, the job description at USC, winning championships, and you don't get to fall back on the outside expectations and the noise, especially when you're coming off an 11-win season. You set the narrative. You can't you can't be naive and say you don't know where this started and where it came from.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts and covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You're not going to want to miss it. This show is going to be full of quotes. This part of the rundown, we're going to talk about the defense and the lack of trust. You might remember a couple of weeks ago after practice, I believe this was after the Arizona game, uh, Alex Grinch uh, meets with the media. This is what he said. Our careers are on the line, like every Saturday, players and coaches. Some of us, some of it, as we talk to the guys, is that trust factor. There just, uh, there just appears a lack of trust. The presumption is the missing trust focuses on a player-to-player or player-to-coach dynamic. But um, according to the coach, you know, he's categorizing more the issues as largely more internalized. One of the things we highlighted is just the trust element in themselves and in that moment. Playing my gap is all I need to do. Defending my man, if I got a vertical too, if I'm responsible for a tight end on the vertical, that's all I've got to do. I don't want to overthink this thing. I think a lot of that is just settling in and making sure that we trust some of those things that we do on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Sometimes too, when you're back, when your when your back's against the wall, what else you got? Let's just trust each other and trust in yourself. And I give the guys a lot of credit for doing that. End quote. So again, I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, Alex Grinch, you know, he, he talked a lot about the the trust on USC's defense. Well, I'm hearing from sources that there are some big time trust issues. I don't know how I can characterize it as major. I will just say there are some big-time trust issues. And there are literally players who don't want to speak up. Um, this is what I'm being told. And whether it's because they're starters or, you know, part of their everyday, you know, game rotation, um, it, it does, it, that's not really relevant. The bottom line, um, the players just, they don't want to speak up because they don't, they don't trust the scheme. They don't want to call out their coach. Guess what? Um, it's not just the current players that don't trust the scheme. The recruits don't either. So bringing more guys in through the transfer portal, while it's a Band-Aid, it isn't the only solution. 
It helps, but it's not curing what's ailing you. So how do you stop the bleeding? I mean, when you can't stop a third-string backup quarterback from looking like a Heisman contender, what do you do next? I just, I can't see how his good friend and boss, Lincoln Riley, can bring him back after the season. I just, I can't fathom it happening. I, I, I still remember after the bowl game, the loss to Tulane, we met with Coach Riley and how impassioned he was and how much belief he had in Lincoln Riley, excuse me, in, in Alex Grinch, because he just, he knows he has it in him. He's seen it done before. Well, all right. I, I said it on my instant reaction show that I'm not in favor of a mid-season firing. That's just, I, I don't, I, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. By the way, if you didn't catch it, you can watch it when you're done with this episode. It was really good. Most of my, well, not most of them. All two of my post-game instant reactions have gotten a lot of positive feedback. I, I, I kind of tell it like it is. I, I don't, I'm not going to be PC about it. How's that? But here's the thing. If, if this is inevitable, you know, that he's going to have to replace his friend, protege, defensive coordinator, then just, you know what, it might be the right thing to do. Rip off the Band-Aid now. Don't wait till the end of the UCLA game. That's USC's last regular season game. And I guess you could say don't do it after the bowl game or wherever USC's playing in the postseason. Because here's the thing. I, I, I said this a second ago. Before you can get better, before you can cure yourself, you got to find out what's making you sick. I said it on one of my episodes of Locked on USC last week. In fact, it's called There's No More Excuse. There will be no more excuses. Uh, for Alex Grinch's defense to allow Utah's offensive identity to find itself. It just it couldn't allow that to happen, and it did. You wanted to give as much latitude as possible. The benefit of the doubt that the defense was going to get better the longer the season went, but they're not. They're making plays. You can see improvement in areas, but overall, you're just not seeing the team progressing. And it comes down to this. You know, I... I, I think about Braylon Shelby, freshman rush end, defensive end, just being put in a position where he's not ready to do this at this level. Number one, he's I don't think anybody who's six foot five, 235, 240 pounds is going to be able to run and win a one-on-one -on -one battle with a running back running a wheel route. They're just not made that way. And while that bugged me both times that it worked. What bugged me the most was when the game was on the line, the defense allowed Utah's quarterback Bryson Barnes to scramble for 25 yards. They should have known after the young man threw that pick six to Kalen Bullock that he was going to keep the ball. He wasn't going to risk it. You can't have your defensive backs running back with their backs to the, to the ball, to the play. Can't happen. There's no trust. 
however, because Alex Grinch's scheme let Barnes, again, not a good passing quarterback, hit 12 of his first 17 passes, Utah, from the beginning of the game till the very end, they were able to keep the Trojans' defense off balance just enough. And especially in those high high leverage situations. That's the problem with, with this defensive scheme. It's not just Utah, not just Notre Dame. It's been all year. It was all last year. Bet on black because red, Cardinal red, it doesn't cover. What makes this hard to talk about is that the effort is there by the by the team, by the guys on defense. They are busting their butts. They are trying hard. You can see it. It's not for a lack of effort. But sometimes you just got to be pragmatic and just admit that the, the course you're teaching, the, the defensive philosophy you're trying to install, it's just too hard. It's too challenging at this level. The players, are, they're constantly being focused on, on being in the right position, but they're often out of position. They're overthinking. It's paralysis by analysis. Growing up, I had teachers and coaches who I liked, but, you know, we, I, me, them, us, pronoun city, um, we, we had communication issues. Whatever the case is, I wasn't prepared for what was being taught. There were certain classes that I was working hard. I was trying hard. I just couldn't get it. And no matter what the teacher was trying to show me, it just wasn't clicking. We had to find a different approach. The approach was try something different. That don't take that class again, Mark. You know, we can look at on defense. Bear Alexander had those two aggressive penalties. Both were the right calls. Go back, watch the film. Turn up the volume. You can hear the whistle blow. But the fact is, they still hurt the team. I know Bear felt bad. You could see the emotion on him on the sidelines after it happened. But the defensive coordinator and the head coach, they have to take accountability for the team's lack of mental awareness. Lincoln Riley talks about situational mastery all the time. He doesn't use those exact words, but he talks about mastering the situation. Look, USC won the coin toss, and he wanted they wanted to make the point that they were going to build on last week's defensive success. I, I Look, I know the score said 48-20 to 20 Notre Dame. USC's defense did not give up 48 points. They were put in bad situations because of USC's offense. But instead of building on that success from the week before, at home, it took Utah just three plays, three plays, to embarrass Alex Grinch's defense. By the time the game was over, that Utah JV offense that was just and I, I I say that as a backhanded compliment. They were a bunch of backups. But they had an identity. And they scored 34 points on the road and walked off the field, taking their third win in a row over this Trojan coaching staff. Look, I still have the receipts in my YouTube timeline. When I suggested that New USC's new athletic director, Jen Cohn, uh, might to give might need to give Lincoln Riley a, a gentle little elbow nudge. 
There are a lot of you who said that Riley isn't going to be told how to build his staff. Let me say it again. The folks, so the folks in the cheap seats or the woefully naive can understand how these things work behind the scenes. People in power, like Athletic Director Jen Cohn, who make big-time decisions with big-time financial implications do not sit by idly while the deck chairs are just constantly being rearranged on a sinking ship. That's what they're. That's not why they're hired. So she has to make absolutely sure that Coach Riley hires a new and an elite defense coordinator when the season's over. Coach Grinch's philosophy of speed, tackles for loss, creating turnovers. Sounds great. Great philosophy. If it works, it just doesn't work in college football unless you know how to tackle and your fundamentals are solid. And that's just not the case. Not with USC. There's just too much space. There's too many offensive advantages at the college level. Coach Riley needs to go find a defensive coordinator that wants to stop the run and get after the quarterback. Coach Grinch wants to do that too. But there needs to be a different approach to how they do it. It Look, next year when USC moves to the Big Ten Conference, you don't need to be exotic. You just need to be fundamentally sound. I mean, heck, if Ohio State's defense coordinator, Jim Knowles, can humble himself and simplify things, then so can Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. Coach Riley talked about learning how to coach. Doing things better. Don't say it. Do it. Coach Grinch has to admit that his philosophy doesn't work. And if it means Riley has to kind of kick him out of the nest, then so be it. Adding more players has helped somewhat. Up front on the defensive line and at rush in. But at the second level and beyond, behind, Secondary, it's still big play after big play being given up. Can't happen anymore. And it's happening against inferior teams that are playing backups. You can't use the excuse that, oh, they showed us things that wasn't on tape. Well, no kidding. That's called coaching and adjusting. Something that's not happening at USC. And one more, and, and Lincoln Riley also has to admit that he was wrong for keeping him for the 2023 season. There was just so much on the line. I mean, that's going to be one quick way for, for Coach Riley to start building back the trust of your players, the recruits, and the fans. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projections, and you can literally just watch the money roll on in. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. Price Fix offers projections on any sport, college football, college basketball, 
NBA, NHL, NFL, you name it, they got it. You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projections, you can literally, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. At prize picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And it's really quick. You can make your prize pick entries in like 60 seconds. It's that easy. I'll have some examples for you tomorrow. Well, let me give you, here's a couple of examples. You can go check out price picks, but here's a couple I'll make up for you. The Trojans on offense will score 40 points against Cal's defense. The Trojans defense will hold Cal's offense to less than 30 points. Caleb Williams will throw for more than 300 yards against Cal's defense. PricePix offers a recently improved deposit and withdrawal experience, including the option to use Apple Pay for quick deposits into your account, and that's going to give you a real nice, secure feeling. Go to pricepix.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup to $100. Again, go to pricepix.com forward slash locked on college, and you're going to use code locked on college, and they're going to match your first deposit up to $100. Running the football, when you have to, when you want to, does two things. Two things. Number one, it controls the line of scrimmage, and it projects physical dominance. It actually does more than two things, because that was two things right there. Actually, those are two and the same. Number two, it provides an identity. And it shows a willingness to adjust your quarterback-friendly offense when the defense is daring you to run the ball. This is what Lincoln Riley said after the game about maybe needing a more balanced run-pass attack. When I've been asked about play calling in my, in my career, hindsight obviously always tells the story. At times we ran it well, at times we got stuck. We had some big plays in the passing game and missed a couple of others. So yeah. I think we can go back and look at it. And a third and short, that's a pretty good call that we got stuck on a missed block. I had a couple of calls that certainly I'd love to have back. We had a couple of throws we'd love to have back. I don't think any one group was terrible, but everybody kind of, including me, had a few mistakes. And you can't make that against good teams. And when we didn't make them, we played well. But obviously, it's got to be better. On offense, they had more mistakes than they played well. That's me saying that. Disagree? You know where the comment section comment section is? Drop it. Drop the dime. Tell me how you feel. Here's what I would say to Lincoln Riley's answer. How hard is it just to say, I should have stayed with the running game going into the second quarter? Literally, whatever rhythm the offense had was taken away by your own play calling and clock management. If you if you want to slow the game down to your advantage. Run the ball. Don't forget about the run and try and force the passing game because Caleb Williams has six yards at the end of the first quarter. Who cares? Your offense had 100 yards on the ground in the first quarter against Utah's run defense. It's what was working. This is what Riley said on adjusting his calls to get USC's offense back on track. 
My job is to get better just like everybody else. I've had, I think, an okay track record calling plays. So I'm confident in my ability and our ability to do that. But we can all be better for each other. That's called football. You're all in it together. I'll never sit up here and say, I did it all right and, and guys made the mistakes. We're all in it together and our success is tied together and our failures are tied together. So we got to all come back tomorrow to work tomorrow with our heads up, ready to get better and go attack the challenge. And I can promise you, this team and program will get that out of their head coach, end quote. I kind of sense a little defensiveness in his answer when he used his track record card at the top there, but I really do love the rest of his answer and his accountability. He didn't duck it. You know, one of the things that Lincoln Riley does is he always brings up one of Clay Helton's favorite, I, I mentioned it earlier, talked about mastering situations. Clay Helton, Coach Helton referred to it as situational mastery. <clears throat> Coach Riley talks about working on situations all the time during practice. I would love to confirm that for you. You know the story there. But I... Look, I want to drop that two-point conversion try after Kalen Bullock's pick six, but I can't, I can't get past it. I mean, because literally, making those, just taking the point-after attempts means Utah's game-ending field goal attempt, it ties the game. You're still going to have those kickoffs after a failed two-point conversion or a point-after attempt. So it didn't change anything. Other than, you know, Lincoln Riley has to understand that it wasn't the right time, and he has to admit it. Um, that he has to admit that his play calling, going for that two pointer, chasing points, it had a lot to do with how Coach Whittingham coached the fourth quarter. He knew he had Lincoln Riley on the ropes. He saw Coach Riley blink. USC's offense needs an identity. It needs an identity even with a Heisen-winning quarterback and when you have players like Zachariah Branch who could score anytime he touches the ball. But part of USC's DNA, they're known as tailback U. Running the ball is literally a rite of passage at USC. USC has shown you can win Back-to-back -back Heismans. With, if you have the right formula, they won it with Matt Leinart. They won it with Reggie Bush. You can't be physical. You can't say you're going to be a physical team if you're not committed to the run game. And trust me, offensive linemen know this. The recruits understand this as well. Football means running the ball. USC needs to get back to that. I know Lincoln Riley talks about it, wants to do it. It's just, it's they haven't been consistent. And when you show that you were able to do it last year against Utah's defense, which was pretty darn good, and you're really able to do it against a even possibly a better defense this year, I think you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Because you kind of were forcing things. 
take what you get. USC is about running the ball. You've got to run the ball at USC, even when you have a Heisman-winning quarterback. All right, that's it for this episode of Locked on USC. I'll be back with another one tomorrow. That's what we do five times a week. I want to thank everyone for making this their first listen every day. When you're done here, go check out all of our written content over there at WeRSC. You're going to love it. we got a subscription special. Take advantage of it. So until then, everyone, you know what to do. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.